0: this is a word a podcast from slate i'm your host jason johnson many rappers pride themselves on delivering lyrics that are close to the streets and that reflect the reality of young black people even when that reality includes crime but in georgia young thug and gunna are just the latest artists to find that their work is landing them in court
1: you have individuals who are on this jury who don't necessarily understand hip-hop culture or may not even like hip-hop because they don't relate to the lyrics at all.
0: How prosecutors are using rap lyrics in court coming up on A Word with me, Jason Johnson. Stay with us.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
0: Welcome to A Word, a podcast about race and politics and everything else. I'm your host, Jason Johnson. For decades, many rappers have talked about real or imagined experiences with crime in their lyrics to tell the stories of their lives or the life of their communities. These songs can express a range of emotions, sometimes regret, but often boastful claims aimed at building a rapper's profile and reputation as authentic voice of the streets. But now hip-hop artists Young Thug and Gunna face serious criminal charges in a Georgia court based in part on rap lyrics. The two, whose real names are Jeffrey Lamar Williams and Sergio Kitchens, are in custody, awaiting trial for allegations of drug dealing, conspiracy, and even murder. And song lyrics are woven into the 88-page indictment. Joining us to discuss it further is Stephanie Willis. She's an attorney, legal strategist, and a policy strategist for the ACLU of Louisiana. Stephanie Willis, welcome to A Word.
1: Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Some of the
0: lyrics being used against Young Thug include, quote, I killed a man in front of his mama, a reference to cooking white brick and the statement that he was ready for war like Russia. Right. There are no names, nothing specific. And in the instance of the last lyric ready for war like Russia, there's like no crime being cited. So how are prosecutors trying to tie these words to actual charges if he's not given specific times, locations, or people.
1: Prosecutors will usually use these lyrics for purposes of introducing evidence. And so they will use these lyrics to show intent and motive. And you're correct. What we call this, it's actually vague, that there's no way that you can tie these two quote unquote incidents together. His charges and the alleged lyrics, right? That they're trying to use against them. But me as a former prosecutor, this is, it's lazy. If you have substantial evidence that you're going to use to charge an individual of a crime, use that evidence. Don't try to use the artist's artistic expression. Why is it that we're using the words of hip hop artists and excuse me, many people may try to say that this is cliche, who are majority black and brown. Why are we using that? That's the public outcry for me.
0: So we have a clip from a court proceeding in June and we're hearing from Young Thugs attorney, Brian Steele. Here's the
3: quote. And the prosecutor I noticed read or paraphrased um, some words in act nine, all I ever wanted was the money and then moved on to put him in a wheelchair. Taking it totally out of context. This is a song and the dangerous thing the dangerous thing about where we are with them believing that they can pick and choose song lyrics or portions of song lyrics is that they don't know what they're talking about but they're putting it in here as though it's fact. They could not tell you, I guarantee, who wrote the song who is actually singing a particular lyric in this song, or what the song is referencing. And, and that, that's what's dangerous. And I, I know at some point we're going to be arguing about whether these song lyrics go to anything specific in the indictment.
0: As Mr. Steele said, lyrics are like open to interpretation and the person who's rapping may not be the person who wrote the line. If it's not clear that Young Thug actually wrote some of these lyrics, how would a prosecutor even make the connection if it's a lyric that the artists themselves didn't produce
1: i think a lot of the times when we're thinking about hip-hop artists rap artists there's a lot of clout in writing your own lyrics so let's also recognize that you know like if you don't write your own lyrics it can be seen as inauthentic and so i think that there's a lot of clout in showing that yes i did write these lyrics on my own but you are correct there are times when there are a bunch of individuals in the studio writing these lyrics, or someone, you know, contributes. Essentially, it's the artist themselves that is expressing the words that are on the page, right? I think it's a great legal argument for the defense attorney to make that just because he's the one that's saying the words, that doesn't mean that he's the one that actually wrote it. And I think that this will give the judge a better opportunity to really kind of weigh the decision as to whether or not the lyrics should be used against the defendant
0: we're going to take a short break and we come back more on rap lyrics and the law with attorney stephanie willis this is a word with jason johnson stay tuned
2: this episode is brought to you by shopify
0: This is Jason Johnson, host of A Word, Slate's podcast about race and politics and everything else. I want to take a moment to welcome our new listeners. If you've discovered A Word and like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know what you think by writing us at slate.com. Thank you. You're listening to A Word with Jason Johnson. Today we're talking about prosecuting rap artists for their lyrics with attorney Stephanie Willis. Why is it not enough to just assert freedom of speech? Like, let's say I did write the lyric. Why can't I just say it's my freedom of speech to write, produce, and present music about anything?
1: You actually can. The problem with that is that courts can generally reject First Amendment when the prosecutors are able to persuade the judge that lyrics are tied to actions by the defendants and the witnesses. So that's where that becomes a problem. If we're going to talk about First Amendment, if we think about a case, Dawson versus Delaware, where the Supreme Court stated, you can't use an individual's group affiliation, and use it against them, it's morally reprehensible. So in that case, the defendant was a part of the Aryan Brotherhood, right? And so they wanted to use the fact that he was associated with the Aryan Brotherhood for purposes of sentencing. And the court essentially said, no, you can't do that because it's not tied in with the case. It has to be tied into the charge that is um, being made by the state.
0: What makes you decide I'm gonna use rap lyrics against Young Thug and Gunna versus nah, I'm just going to try and let the evidence stand onto this. Is it really just kind of a, a Hail Mary in order to bolster your case or it really is, you know no, I actually think this is going to help the jury understand this.
1: As a former prosecutor I'm looking at the fact that this individual is very well known right? These lyrics are widespread it's like um, it's like Golden Nugget for me It's easy, I have this individual saying in a song that he's killed an individual, that's easy. So I'm gonna have the members of the jury listen to these lyrics and they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, why would an individual say something like this, right? Because they can't relate to it. Let's think of the makeup of the jury a lot of times in these cases. The case of Lil Boosie, or Mac Phipps, both cases were here in Louisiana, where I am. And lyrics were used against both of them. Mac Phipps, unfortunately, was convicted of manslaughter and convicted for 30 years. His sentence was commuted by the governor. He only um, served 20 years. And Lobusi was found not guilty, right? But in both of those instances, their lyrics were used against them in trial. But the makeup of that jury Something that's very important and then we also have to consider at the time in Louisiana, the verdict did not have to be unanimous. So that's something that's also really important. And so you have individuals who are on this jury who don't necessarily understand hip hop culture or may not even like hip hop because they don't they don't relate to the lyrics at all. And I think that that's something that's really important when we're considering why lyrics are used against black and brown individuals and not white individuals it's a sad tale to be honest
0: so stephanie one of the things that's that's interesting to me and you you made a reference to this with the jury is there's obviously a racial component to this right like you have white artists and entertainers who've said uh, who have played characters who've engaged in all sorts of things you know are they being held accountable you have All sorts of things that Kid Rock has said. You have all sorts of violent acts that Ted Nugent makes reference to. 20 years ago, Eminem was playing the character of Stan and talked about, you know, uh, threatening people. And he's talked about, you know, uh, raping his own mother. Are there instances of white entertainers having their art used against them when they have been accused of crimes or being brought in because of their lyrics? Or does it mostly seem to be something that we hear being used against black
3: people?
1: I am not aware of a lot of cases in which a white artist's lyrics have been used against him. I know that Ozzy Osbourne's lyrics have been used in, in a trial to show that, you know, his persona has like a detrimental effect. But I know that there is a database that was created by Eric Nielsen, and the database has 500 instances in which lyrics are used against black and brown individuals, okay? So there aren't that many that we can even think of in which lyrics were used against individuals who are white. There is Johnny Cash's um, lyrics in which he says that he shot someone just to watch them die. This is country music, but when we're thinking about country music, it's just entertainment. It's not something that we would actually think that these artists would, would actually do this, right? So why isn't the same thought, the same belief, you know, applied to hip hop artists as well?
0: Can this sort of thing be used in reverse? Let's say a prosecutor is like, hey, this person has committed a terrible crime. Could a defense attorney use someone's art in their defense?
1: Absolutely. And I do believe that there are cases in which the individual's character has been used. Now, you want to be careful because once you introduce character evidence, it kind of opens up the door for a prosecutor, right? If the individual has like a good reputation in society, of course, yeah, why not use it? Let's use this character evidence to show, hey, this is not even who this individual is. Because if we're talking about a rap artist, right, a hip hop artist, they make these songs, they, they create these lyrics, and they don't even have the money that they're talking about. And so I think then, as a prosecutor, if the defense attorney would use something like that, as a prosecutor, I could come back to the jury and say, well, this is not even who this individual really is.
0: We're going to take a short break. and we come back, more about rap lyrics and the law. This is A Word with Jason Johnson. Stay tuned. You're listening to A Word with Jason Johnson. Today we're talking about prosecutors using rap lyrics in court. Our guest is attorney Stephanie Willis. So Stephanie, this is now this is the other thing that's really fascinating to me. You know, you've had a lot of artists obviously have pushed back on this. And the New York Senate actually recently passed a bill that restricts using rap lyrics in court. Is there an effort to have laws passed in states that limit the use of someone's artistic expression as a way to prosecute them or as evidence that can be used to prosecute them?
1: I don't know of states that are actually trying to um, enact that into law, okay, other than New York at this time, which I think it's great. Under the Senate bill, I, I think that it's it doesn't outright ban prosecutors from using the lyrics. Um, or other forms of creative expression, but it would require them to prove that the words are literal rather than figurative or fictional when they're presenting it to a jury. I do know that there have been cases, so like there's case law, there's jurisprudence, in which other states, I know particularly, of course, in California, where there's jurisprudence, wherein, you know, prosecutors shouldn't be able to use lyrics against um, artists. There's also a case particularly the ACLU wrote an amicus brief in the case of State versus Skinner, and this actually helped overturn the conviction. So although there may not be laws that are actually enacted at this time, there is a lot of jurisprudence that's coming out of different states. If this does you know, completely pass through the legislature in New York, I do think that there will be a great push for more states to do this locally.
0: In this society where we're seeing these sort of moral panics, where we're seeing this sort of theocratic, I find this immoral, et cetera, et cetera, are we living in a time where artists and rappers in particular could be under attack? Do we have to fear sort of hip-hop McCarthyism uh, where conservatives across the country are going to try and use legislation and or the courts to shut down music and consequently shut down a large part of African-American culture?
1: I do think that we are living in times that are scary. You have hip hop artists like 50 Cent, you have Killer Mike, who are making statements saying, Yo, be careful what you say. You know, your artistic expression is in jeopardy because individuals are going to use this as evidence against you. We are living in scary times right now. Even though we are living in crazy times and we have, individuals who are doing a lot of things that we never thought that we would see in our lifetime. I want to be hopeful in thinking that we are not in a place where individuals who are in positions of leadership can limit the way in which we express ourselves.
0: Stephanie Willis is an attorney, legal strategist, and apology strategist for the ACLU of Louisiana. Stephanie Willis, thank you so much for joining us today on A Word.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And that's A Word for this week. The show's email is at Slate.com. This episode was produced by Christy Taiwo Macanjula. Alicia Montgomery is the vice president of audio at Slate. Our theme music was produced by Don Will. I'm Jason Johnson. Tune in next week for A Word.